welcome to Under the Palm Tree with Jaki. I am your host, Jaki Dance. And just as one of the greatest women in the Hebrew Bible, the judge, the prophetess, Devorah, sat under her palm tree and boldly judged the issues of the people, I too will sit under the palm tree that God has prepared for me and boldly weigh in on a wide variety of topics, situations, and circumstances. Literally anything that the Most High God inspires me to speak on, I will do just that. Under the palm tree with me, you will learn, you will grow, you will be stretched, and you will be challenged in many of your ideologies and thought processes. This podcast is going to empower you like no other and know that you are at the right place at the right time. This is a place of truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. So with all of that being said, sit back, relax, and let's chat about it. Court is now in session. Okay, so before I get into the heart of the matter, I feel tremendously led to share this story with you. Um, because it may explain some behavior that you might hear later on in this podcast. Um, and I just thought it was so funny. So let me just tell it to you guys really quickly before we get into um, the main point of the podcast. A few days ago, had a meeting with my team, a team, my number ones, love them daily, literally the biblical representation of iron sharpening iron, iron, they are just pure spirits. I, we are just so blessed to have each other, right? Just an honest, just wonderful, loyal group of people. So we had a meeting the other day, basically just to go over the first three episodes of Under the Palm Tree with Jaki. And it wasn't going to be a long meeting at all. Just kind of wanted to touch on some things, um, review, critique, or whatever. So we're talking about the the episodes again, only three, one, two, and three. And, you know, I'm getting some wonderful feedback, you know, prophetess, this is great. The way you delivered that thought. Awesome. You know, this was really good. This was informative. This was impactful. Okay. Wonderful. So one of the apples of my eyes, the apples of my eye, she says, you know, it's true. Like it was just wonderful delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, you know, but I have to say this. (laughs) She said, you are talking way too slow. (laughs) Excuse me. She said, your pace is too slow. You don't normally speak in that pace and you're really going to have to pick it up. So I'm like, okay, hello. When I ponder, I ponder in a slower pace. She said, okay. So like I said, you, when you're pondering, you don't ponder at such a slow pace. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. So if by some chance at any time during this episode, my pace gets what they call um, dragging. Okay, whatever. It's going to be what it's going to be. If I have thoughts that I have to process before they come out of my mouth, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. That's it for that. But I love them so much. They are absolutely awesome. And God has literally blessed us with each other. Okay, so let's get into this. Um, Literally, 
every month so far since the top of the year has cemented the fact that has cemented the idea that the year 2020 has been one for the history books. This is August and August has not disappointed. We are still dealing with and processing a global pandemic, political issues, racism, brutality, um, having to discern the uh, possible diabolical agendas of movements that have come to the forefront. There has been a tremendous amount of revelation and exposure that has uh, occurred almost to the point that it, it just feels overwhelming because it has been so much. Very recently in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, a man by the name of Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back by a police officer. Um, thank God his life was spared, but he is now paralyzed. And when the shooting occurred, of course, a protest erupted and um, a 17-year-old by the name of Kyle Rittenhouse took it upon himself to cross state lines with uh, an assault rifle, um, headed to the protest, and he shot and killed two protesters. So we are still dealing with and processing um, a tremendous amount of things. And a few days ago, you know, the world received the unfortunate news that the beloved actor Chadwick Boseman um, passed away from stage four colon cancer. So, you know, literally the year 2020 has been disruption after disruption after disruption after disruption. So it is safe to say that 2020 can be characterized as the year of disruptions. And I believe that in the midst of it all, God's hand is in it. I believe that God has a plan. He has a great plan. He is almighty and there is absolutely no way in the world anyone can believe that all of these these disruptions have taken place in the world and God does not have a counter strategy, right? That is about to come to the forefront. Um, I believe that another disruption is on the horizon. A divine disruption is on the horizon. Um, and I believe that it is coming in the form of the disruptor. I believe that the divine disruptors, the remnant, those that God has called for such a time as this, I believe that they are on their way to the forefront. I believe that they are a new, a divine regime, again, that God has prepared for such a time as this. They are not like the protesters and the rioters and the angry mobs that we have witnessed, um, you know, Antifa, uh, actual protesters who are angry, right, that are setting things on fire and breaking up buildings and property. So not just Antifa, there are people who are angry, right? And they are expressing their anger through fire setting and destroying property as well. No, not those protesters. There is a divine disruptor that is about to take the forefront and they are also known as God's remnant. 
And while I'm right here, let me say this. Some of you all owe God's authentic prophets an apology. Some of you all ridiculed and you mocked the prophets of the Lord that said that 2020 was going to be a year of perfected vision, that it was going to be a year of clearer vision. I am not talking about the false prophets that um, associated the 2020 uh, cliche with uh, an opportunity, an opportunity to uh, gain wealth and to manipulate God's people. I'm not talking about them. I am talking about his authentic prophets that literally received a word from him that this was going to be the year of perfected vision. And the only thing was that how it was going to be obtained that was not revealed. The route that was going to have to be traveled to receive the perfected vision, that was not revealed. Nobody really knew that the way this perfected vision was going to be obtained was going to be through the fire. You cannot tell me that your vision last year, this time, is as clear as it is right now in 2020, in August 2020. There is absolutely no way in the world, right, that I would believe you telling me that your vision was clear for this time last year, no way in the world. And so that word that went forth, that perfected vision was going to happen in the year 2020. And like I said, I'm not talking about the false prophets. I'm not talking about the ones that wanted to use the whole 2020 theme to market and to fleece God's sheep. I'm not talking about the false prophet. I am talking about his authentic prophet that spoke that word from heaven that said the year was going to be the year of perfected vision because that is exactly what has occurred. But the world did not know, right? The church did not know that that perfected vision, that clear vision was going to be birthed through the process called fire. What some people fail to realize or they fail to remember is that sometimes chaos is necessary for beauty, right? Sometimes the most beautiful things are created out of the chaotic, right? Or from the chaotic pressure and crushing and vehement fire. All of these things have their place and they play a role in creating what is beautiful and what is valuable. Okay, just ask the olive, ask the grape, ask the piece of coal. Without the pressure, without the crushing, without the fire, there would be no wine, there would be no oil, there would be no diamonds. And this is what 2020 has represented. The year of pressure, the year of tremendous crushing, the year of vehement fire, right? Just disruption after disruption after disruption. The year has been full of disruptions, but just as you know, there has been fire and there has been great crushing and there has been tremendous pressure. You have to also have uh, the mindset that says, wait a minute, there has to be something great that is coming out of this. So I just, it's important to know that the end of these disruptions, right? It is going to produce something very beautiful. It is going to produce something very, very valuable. Okay, so let's go back to the divine disruptors because it is so important that we prepare ourselves and we prepare the way for the entrance of the divine disruptors in this next season. Um, I'm going to read a few definitions because 
I love definitions. Who doesn't love a good definition? And the first one is for the word disruption. A disruption is a disturbance or problems which interrupt an event, an activity, or a process. The second definition is for the disruptor. And a disruptor is someone or something that interrupts an event, an activity, or a process by causing a disturbance or a problem. And thirdly, the third definition is for the word divine. And that means of, from, or like God or a God. So we can say that a working definition of a divine disruptor is someone sent by, anointed by, or chosen by God to interrupt an event, an activity, or process by causing a disturbance or a problem. You might say, well, how do I identify a divine disruptor? How do I know the difference between your everyday average run-of-the-mill protester and rioter and that of a divine disruptor? How do I differentiate? And what I can tell you is that both have an agenda, right? And that agenda is to interrupt an activity, an event, or a process causing a disturbance or a problem. But only the divine disruptor is on heaven's agenda to cause a serious problem for the kingdom of darkness, right? And they are on heaven's agenda to disturb and overthrow every dark agenda that God in heaven may be glorified. Okay, so I am going to give you a few more identifiers for divine disruptors. First and foremost, they are coming in the name of the Lord, okay? They are coming with fresh oil. They are coming with fresh anointing. They are coming with divine strategies. Divine disruptors have strong convictions. They don't mind taking a bold stance against political norms, societal norms, cultural norms, right? They welcome confrontation because they stand on heaven's truth. Their reputation precedes them, right? And they are literally a people of action, not a bunch of talk and no show. Divine disruptors believe in taking action and they could care less about hive mentality, you're not going to find a divine disruptor that uh, goes along to get along. They don't do hive mentality. They don't do groupthink, right? They do not obey man's opinions. They do not obey man's orders. I'm not talking about the accept uh, acceptable and the expected um, adhering to the laws of the land. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about orders and opinions that are contrary to heaven's agenda. They don't obey those orders and they could care less about those opinions. They move, they act on the general's command from heaven. Okay. So that's what the divine disruptor is. They are coming in the name of of the Lord with a fresh oil, with a fresh anointing, and with a divine strategy in hand. And I can say that as an example, a really good example of a divine disruptor is Paul the Apostle, right? 
The other biblical apostles as well, they are great examples of divine disruptors, right? And of course, there are several non-biblical examples of divine disruptors, right? Very notable. But from a spiritual perspective, I couldn't help but think of Paul. And I couldn't help but think of one of my favorite uh, biblical accounts of Paul acting as a divine disruptor. One of my favorite biblical stories. Um, and he just really showed himself to be one who does not mind going against, right, the norm. And this evidentiary biblical account of Paul doing what he does best, which is to be a divine disruptor, it took place, takes place um, in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, the first to around the ninth or 10th verse. And so at the top of this chapter, we see that Paul arrives in Thessalonica. And it was Paul's custom to preach at the synagogues when he arrived in a new town or a new city. And his pattern of preaching when he what, when he did preach in the synagogues was to argue from scriptures the necessity of the Messiah's sufferings, right? And for him to be raised from the dead because therefore Jesus must be the Messiah. His argumentation always started with what heaven considers accepted authority, which is the scripture. And that is just something that you will see about divine disruptors. You know, they don't pay really too much mind to opinions because they understand though a person's opinion may be valuable to them, at the end of the day, it is not the opinion that is going to save the soul of a man. It is the word of God. And it is the word of God, according to scripture, that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. So Paul dialogued with them and he explained to them using scriptures, right? In an exchange of questions and answers. This divine disruptor was rational and he was scriptural right? Which equipped him to be effective in reasoning. The apostle came to Thessalonica with heaven's agenda. He was interrupting the enemy's agenda and he was proving to be a problem for somebody. Paul could care less about a popularity contest. And some of you all are ineffective because you care too much about being popular. That's why you're ineffective. But I'm going to leave that there and I want to move on with this. So after presenting persuasive evidence to the listeners in the power of the Holy Spirit, we read that some of them were persuaded, right? Among the hearers, there was a good response to what they heard from, from Paul, right? Most of these were actually a great multitude were devout Greeks, um, they were prominent Jewish women, right? A few of the leading women. And by all accounts, what Paul came to do in Thessalonica was a, was a success. 
and his success as a divine disruptor made some people very angry and made them very envious and jealous, right? We read that the Jews who were not persuaded, they became very envious and they proceeded to gather evil men from the marketplace. They gathered a mob and they set the city in an uproar, right? And attacked the house of Jason. Now, some theologians believe that Paul, when he came to Thessalonica, wasn't able to gain access to the synagogue. And so it is believed that Jason's house was adjacent to the synagogue. So as he preached Christ, he preached him in the hearing of the Jews that were in the synagogue adjacent to Jason's home. And so it is at this point when we have or we hear the scripture that I'm just telling you, I love this passage of scripture so much. And it doesn't sound so familiar, right, to what is going on in the world right now. The gathering of the evil men from the marketplace, gathering the mobs, setting the cities um, in an uproar, attacking specific houses, right, of belief and, and, and what have you. But the scripture says, right, that they went to the envious, angry mob that set the city in an uproar. They went to the rulers of the city and they cried out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I have to repeat that because, again, I love that scripture. So they gathered the evil men from the marketplace. They gathered the mob. They set the city in an uproar, right, because of the work of this divine disruptor. He just came, you know, being about his father's business. And they cried out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too, right? So they were accusing these Christians before the rulers of the city. The evil men from the marketplace were bringing accusation against the Christians. And so, you know, unbeknownst to them, they were actually complimenting the effectiveness of God's work through Paul, through this divine disruptor. So to complain that Christians were these who turned the world upside down and they've come here too, right? What they were actually saying and what they were admitting was that these men have radically impacted our world and nothing seems the same. Nothing will ever be the same again. This is the work of the divine disruptor. And Jesus Christ is the greatest divine disruptor of them all. He turns the thinking and the power structures of this world around. And you have to know that what Christ did for and through Paul and Silas and what he is doing through your life, right, that is submitted before him and in the life of every divine disruptor is to turn the world right side up. When a person is upside down, the right direction to them seems to be upside down. People in groups that are strong and wrong have convinced themselves that what is right is wrong and that what is a lie is actually truth. And that is nothing more than a strong and perverse spirit of deception. But I'm going to leave that right there because that is a brand new episode within itself.
So I want to encourage you all, don't fret, but do draw nigh unto the Lord. Know with great assurance that there is another help that is on the way. Prepare ye the way for the divine disruptors, the ones that have been sent by God to turn this world upside down, right? And remember to please keep this entire world lifted in prayer because there, this world, for so many different reasons, you know, they they are feeling the sting of loss and grief and trauma and tragedy, right? So let's just please keep everyone lifted in prayer. And I have to say this, that as a major super Marvel Universe fan and, and, and in honor of the late Chadwick Boseman, when I think of the divine disruptors i can't help but think of the scene in the end game when the portal opens up and you see the silhouette of the black panther nakia and ayoki and when they arrived to help the other superheroes um defeat thanos so just as a marvel universe fan i can't help but think of that scene in the movie um as it relates to the divine disruptors so I had to just put that in there. So again, be encouraged, right? Just do all that you know how to do until you learn how to do better. And remember that sometimes it takes chaos to create the beautiful thing. So much love to you all. Meet me again next week under the palm tree um, on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Until then, be blessed.